Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. And I'd heard you on the radio talking about how to stir up the, the spiritual gift of prophecy. So I, I'd like to know how you stir it up for yourself that maybe some of our listeners can identify with. Yeah, um, well, I, I don't even have to stir it up. I could prophesy over you right now without even... I've done two or 300 people, you know, right in a row. And yes, that was actually the interview I heard. You okay. Saying, you were saying at will. Yeah. So I, I think it's, I guess my terminology is... I, I think a lot of it is um, deaf to self. Deaf to self is the key to anything in, in the spirit realm because the carnal mind is constantly fighting the spirit mind. So whichever is stronger is going to win. Mm-hmm. So when we choose to just give it all to God, hang out with God, crucify the flesh, and, and make it sound, it's not, you know, walking this out, the enemy's, a t- the typhoon wasn't fun when you're in it, you know right. what I mean? The stories are fun after, but at the time, it's like, oh! So that's the death to, to, to the worry and the flesh and trusting God no matter what, and, and there's a million other stories, honestly. But, um, but if, I tell people, if you're starting out, you have to step out. He's not going to give you the whole thing. I don't know anything when I start. I don't know anything when I go to preach. I almost never use notes. I didn't put anything together for this. I just, usually everybody kids with me is like, as soon as the microphone gets on her ear or she touches the microphone, it just happens. And um, But I have faith for that to happen. Yeah. And I, I told the Lord years ago, if you don't show up, I'm not doing, I'm not just going to talk for the sake of talking. There's enough of that. And I think one time, I had to say, oh, sorry, meeting's canceled. God's just absolutely not showing me anything. And, and I think that one time was a test to see if I meant that. But um, but I encourage people, you know, if you see something, um, uh, you know, as you're praying for someone, and, and just begin to speak it, do not add to. The, most prophetic people are especially learning, but even mature prophetic people, they miss it because they go beyond what they're really seeing and sensing. And then they miss it. So you don't have to do all that. Um, I also, I personally don't like, well, don't tell me anything. This is real world. Who's going to walk up to somebody and say, well, don't, don't tell me anything. Don't show me anything. Just, I would rather hit it and the person start crying and saying, yes, yes. And then it actually it releases a flow of the prophetic that's stronger. I'm not playing a game to see if I'm, you know, able, you know, to pick up something and ooh, did I get it right? This is about ministry. This is about, you know, is this, is this ministering to someone and, and are they receiving it? And, and, and then together, then you can have conversation and the Holy Spirit will just flow even more. Yeah. And, and then you can actually minor, you know, minister healing the brokenhearted places and you can set them free from demonic influence. You know, all the gifts should just flow so naturally like they did in the life of Jesus. And even in Paul and the, the apostles who, you know, what we see of them, they, they didn't, you know, the U.S. church has been in training for way too long. The charismatic, prophetic U.S. church, all we've done is trained and trained and trained, and nobody's out doing this stuff hardly. And it's because there's no training required. What's really required is connecting to the headship of Jesus Christ. And if you really want to make everybody mad, then you're going to have to walk away from your doctrines of 
demons and humans where we're to look to man instead of God. Who's your covering? Jesus Christ is my covering. That is my secret weapon. Amen. My secret weapon is that God is my covering. And like he says in Galatians, I got free from the bewitchment where I said, well, I belong to Paul or this church or I belong to that. But no, it's like, no, no. It's about being connected to the headship of Jesus Christ. All true ministry is connecting others to the headship of Jesus Christ and helping them mature and grow in that relationship so they don't you know get way off track or anything that's true ministry and so I tell people you know just the more I hear him and the more he shows me things the pure the prophecy is going to be um, people will prophesy through their opinions that's so all you're going to have a mess people will pro- if you have a religious if you have religious if you have a religious spirit you're prophesy through that if you have doctrine that you've bought that's not in the word that doesn't line up with scripture you'll prophesy through that right. If you have a political spirit, you'll prophesy through that. Um, any, you know, that's really hard in our culture right now. And um, I'll tell you how the Lord busted that off of me because this will really help people. That. Because I'm also curious about, you know, the Super Bowls coming up. Yeah, about the whole chief thing. Yes, because I believe in the prophetic. Yeah, absolutely. I've been rolling in that for God's glory for the last twenty some years. We're gonna have a Super Bowl party just to see. now. I know the root for it. But I'm like, okay, you know, God's on both teams, though. There are Christians on both teams, so uh, <laughs> it's a game. They all make tons of money. Uh-huh. I don't think there's such thing as a loser. Um, I do know the Lord showed me when the Patriots won; it was going to be a. a a prophetic sign that we were going to go in the direction of Trump, who's who's bringing back patriotism. So this one, I didn't have anything prophetic. I even told somebody, I said, I don't see anything prophetic in this, you know, for the names, and because I don't even watch football. And they're like, then I saw the thing that Bob Jones said yeah. about the Chiefs. So I don't know. We're going to watch it. Yeah. And and um, it's it's the time for an outpouring, whether anybody knew that or not. I agree. But it could be a year off. So I would say if they don't win, they'll be a next one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so it's just fun. You know, it's okay. We're supposed to have fun in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have a big Super Bowl party. You know, we're Christians and yay, yeah. you know, and see see what God, you know, just make everything about God. You know, yeah. every, let me say this. Everything is about God. Just begin to enter into that and realize that. But um, I forgot what I was saying. But anyway, you know, he's the prophetic is just um, oh I know you prophesy in part you see in part so if you if I was going to teach someone what would I do you need to lay down your opinions oh it's going to tell you about the political spirit yeah. so when the election came along and the I got to be really bold I'm bold anyway one of the candidates who was running for president is of a false religion we won't say names the other one is a president that had already done a lot of damage to our nation and really seemed to be antichrist. This is in the not too far past. So the Holy Spirit told me, first time ever, don't vote. Not for everybody not to vote. Don't encourage anybody else not to vote. But if you vote for the Republican, you're voting for a false prophet. And you're voting for a false spirituality to hit your nation like you've never seen. Hmm. So I'm thinking, oh, Lord, these are like two evils, right. you know, in my thinking. And anybody who knows God's thinking. So I didn't vote as a prophetic sign. But I kept thinking that the Republican person was going to win. And so I'm in the Philippines in the really, really village 
bad place to be. I mean, no running water and really a rough place in a tribal area. And um, But there's one little diner, which is the only place we could eat fried chicken and be able to eat. So we ate fried chicken morning, noon, and night while we were there. And so we were watching the returns of the election in the Philippines. And I kept thinking, you know, but the Democrat won. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I didn't want either to win. So I wasn't like extremely disappointed because I knew the bad we had, we just continued for a while. But I was so upset. I said, God, I really thought you had put in my heart and said that the Republican was going to win. What happened? The Lord said, you heard through your political spirit. Mm. He said, you need to renounce that. You need to hate that. And right before this whole thing started with Trump and all recently, um, right before the elections last time, I don't even know if he was actually, I don't think he was the nominee yet. I was doing a a meeting with Stacey Campbell. She was doing the meeting. She just asked me to come up and to pray. And I know nobody understood at all what I was saying. But the Lord had me prophesy, break the political, um, break off your political spirits now, or you won't see clearly what's going to be going on soon. And I was prophesying, everything, like, well, you know, and I just let it go at that. But I'm, I'm sure now, wow, Lord, that word was really a timely word, even though people didn't understand what I was even talking about. And I just encourage that for all the people listening to this. You need to renounce a political spirit. That doesn't mean you don't vote. Of course you vote, but you vote as the Holy Spirit leads. And obviously in certain elections, you can really tell which way that's going to be. You you vote who's more biblical. Right. You vote who's more biblical with the priorities of God, which life is his number one priority. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Without that, nothing else matters, yes. does it? And so it's pretty easy to see. And then his institution of what he says marriage is and what he says, you know, freedoms are for preaching the gospel. And so it's it's clear it's clear unless somebody's blinded by a political spirit. Yeah. But if we're fighting with a political spirit, we're not gonna have the mercy and the love to really pray. See, whatever is in me that the enemy owns, it takes away my authority in my prayers. That's why the Word of God says, if my people called by my name will humble themselves, pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll heal their lands. But the problem in the church is people think praying is humbling yourself. Does not anybody get the revelation that we get to talk to God? How, how can you call that like, oh, lucky you, God, I get to talk to you, I'm going to humble myself. No, it, it is the greatest privilege and privilege an amazing thing in the whole world that Jesus Christ made a way for us to talk directly to our God, to the God, you know? So the humbling part is not in the praying. It's in the talking to God, and He shows us our wickedness because that's what we're praying about. Not everybody else's, but our wickedness. It's in that place that He will bring repentance, and that's the humbling part, to see, oh, Lord, I was part of that political spirit. I was part of, of, of uh, you know, whatever, you know, hurting people with whatever. You know, oh, God, forgive me. I was part of whether it's racism or whether it's, um, you know, uh, not setting people free who are bound to gender issues. Because we've set them free. It's not even that difficult. Whoa. So, so the, the key is, you know, to have your heart right. And so, and then you have authority. And the Word of God says, one of the, one little tiny scripture that almost nobody catches is on the way to, to, to being arrested, Jesus says, Satan has nothing in me. But people, he has something in us. 
That's why Holy Spirit comes in to sanctify us. It's not a cute word. It's Holy Spirit coming in to throw everything out that's in you, that the enemy put in you, that would never be in you had there never been the fall of mankind. And it's almost like a lifetime thing. But the church takes it so small um, that we stay with a lot of our wickedness not realizing it and then we become judgmental and then we become hypocrites and then we have no authority or very little authority in our prayers and so um our church beauty for ashes church in on dimby boulevard newport news we actually every tuesday night for years have been having a meeting where we we call it healing the broken hearted but we basically repent of things corporately we really let holy spirit come in and examine us and he convicts us of you know the lie you did when you were you know, however old or the way you handled that or judging people or criticizing or all the stuff we kind of do in our fallen nature, whether you do it vocally because you're the uh, outgoing type like me or whether you just have passive aggressive thoughts buzzing around in your head releasing demons. It doesn't matter. It's not of God. And so we, we spend a lot of time led of the Holy Spirit to be sanctified and made holy. Um, and, and But, you know, I'm not talking just because God restored the Pentecostal understanding and then people got into legalism doesn't mean we throw out what the Word of God says that we should get in the Spirit about. And truthfully, the biggest thing the church needs right now is to let God cleanse her, yeah. really cleanse her, and get the doctrine of man out of the way, such as covering doctrine, which makes leaders cleansed, but the people never get there. Mm-hmm. We're not to draw people to ourselves. Jesus himself says, call no man father. And we got entire movements and books about how to be a father in, in, in uh, the body, mm-hmm. uh, almost to ridiculousness. You know, you, you're touching on this, the doctrines of men. I've thought about writing. I mean, I've done some studies. But the biblical definition of doctrine has nothing to do with our doctrinal statements. Hmm. That's pretty heavy, and that could be even a little controversial. But there's, I could in the future flesh that out and see where the Holy Spirit takes that because the biblical definition of doctrine has to do with Christian character living like Jesus walking in his ways walking in the Holy Spirit hmm. yeah, so that's kind of heavy <laughs> Yeah, well he tells you in his word that there's doctrine of demons and doctrine of men and because it's religion that's all religion that the enemy gives. Everything about a Christian walk is yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. The bottom line, it's so simple. It's so simple because we can't do it. It's so simple we can't do it. But we continue to strive to do it and try to do it. So much of believers are living in condemnation, which means they're actually not in the kingdom. Mm. Or they can jump. If you, if you try to bring divine correction to help somebody, automatically their guards from their hurt past jumps up and all of a sudden they're in condemnation. You know, people say to me, you know, when I hear you you say where you missed it and it set up a way for the enemy to kill your daughter, you know, how can you stand that? I said, because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He's faithful even when I'm not. He's, his ways are so much higher than our ways. You know, the Lord, um, you know, he, he, he told me, he's so cool, I love him. Um, he told me, well, first of all, my daughter drew a picture right before she died. And it was the one tree by our house, a little house, and a demon fleeing that tree. And then it had a little tiny gold, like little spot of gold with a little white fluffy cloud around it. 
And the Lord said, I had her draw this because people were going to tell you that I did this to you. And especially when you see the fruit I'm going to bring out of your faithfulness of walking with me in this, people are going to get it confused. And he said, I did this so you could know that Satan did this. He's fleeing. My angels came and got your daughter. And the Lord said, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And the Lord told me one time, he said to me, Cindy, um, I love you, he calls you by name, Cindy, Cindy, um, would you take a baseball bat and hit your son in the head? You don't must be healed if God would use that example, right? And I'm like, no, Lord. He said, Cindy, you know, and this is in your inside your brain, you know, um, his spiritual voice talking to you, not out loud. Cindy, would you take a, and he says it three times. So I go, no, Lord, that is disgusting. He said, my ways are higher, not lower. He goes, it's not that complicated. He said, anything that a human being who's not demon-possessed, anything that they would do, that they wouldn't do, that's lower than, that's lower than a human being. That's demonic. He said, anything that's higher than what man can even achieve or obtain, such as taking evil and turning it to good, that's me. My ways are higher. It's not that difficult. So it's easy to see something. And then people say, what about judgment? Well, judgment, if it's judgment, it's not evil. Okay, God cannot do evil. Now, Satan can do evil to make it look like a judgment, to confuse people about God. But judgment is God's last call to get a people right with him so they don't go to hell. Or their entire country or their entire society doesn't go to hell. So judgment is always, we, we all deserve more than any judgment. We all deserve to go to hell. So we can never say it's not fair for judgment to come to some. No, biblically, truthfully, everyone deserves, everyone has sinned and, and deserves to go to hell. That's why Jesus Christ went there for us. That's why he died for us. That's why he had to come and walk this out so that he could pay the price that every one of us deserves. And so to say we don't deserve that, we do deserve that. But when God brings a judgment, as you see in the book of Revelations and Daniel, and I know some people don't believe that in times, but they're going to find out they're wrong. And when you begin to see these judgments, it's God's wake-up call. Now, the heart of a true prophet is not to say this is something you can't stop. The, top of, the heart of a true prophet, who's not trying to make a name for themselves, is to cry and to weep and to talk to God and to beg God and to speak to God and to cry out to the people to repent so that it will stop. I'm like, I'm so tired of sending out uh, because we live on this coast. I'm like, would you prophets quit prophesying a terrible uh, hurricane or something on this coast? I got a house on the beach over there in Naxit, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm like, Lord, this is my land. It can't hit my place. If people even knew how much the true prophetic, or I won't say they're not true. It's just spirit of error in there. But the Lord will have me up all night watching the thing and stopping it and show me the spiritual things behind it, like that one that just came. It started at uh, Puerto Rico that was sad and then hit all the way up. Do you want to know why some places have it so bad? Because they're in such idolatry. And we need to cry out for righteousness to prevail in, in America. Or we're going to be under the same curses. When I go to the Philippines, I, it's obviously why there's such a curse of poverty. Because they're in such idolatry to, the, um, to the, that spirit that they call Mary, um, Queen of Heaven. It's everywhere. Well, how do you expect a, a holy God who tells you how he feels about idolatry to bless a place that's full of idolatry? And yet the people can be blessed and they can find Christ and they can intercede and pray. Look at India. Oh my gosh, you want to see idolatry? Like blatant Old Testament kind of idolatry? And then you wonder why there's poor? 
I've been to Madras and Calcutta. Yeah, I, wow. it, it's not. It's 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 spiritual law. It's just spiritual law. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. What's His kingdom? It's His ways. You can't even seek His ways until number one, you're born again, and that brings you in. But it's by His Spirit and His Word that His Spirit reveals to us that we even get any revelation. Most of what I see in Christianity, and it's shaking, is religion. We read that book, we go to those schools, and we believe like this. Well, there's no different than, except ours is true. But they're going to say theirs is true. But as far as having the power, not just a form of godliness, that comes when we get the revelation. This isn't about what I think in my intellect. This is about my spirit man is alive and married to God. Whoa, one with the Holy Spirit. And he is supposed to be leading me. And the death to self part is something we have to choose to lay down, but no one almost knows there's something to lay down. Mm. And then, like you said, when you go through tragedy, because of what the enemy has done, and he's had a legal right to do it, then it brings us to a place, two places. And most people, unfortunately, go to bitterness. Bitterness always, there's only two, there's only two roots of evil. So it's not hard. Forget all the books. Go to the Bible. Two roots of evil. The love of money that's looking at this world and this world system as a way to, to, to succeed. And the other one is bitterness. Well, bitterness goes all the way down to blaming God for what the devil's done. Hmm. Simple. That's where it goes. Why did God do this? And so we have to uproot those two root systems the enemy has placed in us. Anyway, so as you can see, I do a lot of teaching. But... Um, and so, so the, my, my thing, I'm looking at everybody, goes, oh, Christ is coming tomorrow. Oh, the bride's not ready. Right. You know, the bride's not ready. I don't know. Personally, I don't know if everybody's the bride. I kind of think not. But I think everybody can be. So I'm not going to say the whole church has to be walking in this place of maturity. Because what if the bride is, is just like he calls the elect or the remnant or he, you know, he gives all these in the book of what First John, he says, there's infants. I look just like the world. I know some of them. Thank God they're saved. Amen. Then there's young men. How do you know you're a young man? Because all of a sudden you're in the spirit realm some. You're fighting demons. You're casting down imaginations. You're doing spiritual warfare. You're overcoming the evil one. And then there's fathers, according to God's definition of fathers, who have overcome, who knows now how to teach others and to come alongside others, never to take the place of God. That's why when Jesus says, call no man father, what do you think? Don't let anyone take my place, the place of my father. Don't let anyone take the place of your own relationship with God. And so it's always about the motive, not the words. But then, so there's fathers. And then you have other, where the Lord talks about, you know, the friend. And then there's the slaves, and you can't be a friend till you're a slave. You can be a child without being a slave, but eventually you're going to have to be a slave. You're going to have to have that revelation and walk in that reality. And then he'll call you friend. And then from friend, as you keep being sanctified and made holy and hanging out with the Holy Spirit and yielded to him, you become so one with him that the apostolic authority and power that's going to come in this next move of God is going to be seen in a way we've never seen before. Because it's going to be a people who are not doing this for money because they've dug up the, the, the roots of the love of money and they've dug up the roots of bitterness. And they understand their God and they understand his ways and they're going to walk in that authority he gives them and they're going to be like Stephen if if I die doing it so what but they're also going to know that there's going to be such grace in any place he takes us
Can you uh, prophesy over our listeners right now, please? Because the Holy Spirit is... He's here. Wow. Heavy. Heavy. Father, I just thank you for those who are tuning into this, Lord God, and Lord, that the hunger would stir in them, Lord, the hunger. Lord, I thank you that so many of them right now are saying, I didn't, I never thought of it that way. I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, I didn't know these things. And I hear the Lord saying, children, arise. Walk into the next place I have for you. For some of you are yet but children, and some of you are those young men fighting, and I'm calling you to be fathers, but I'm calling you deeper than fathers. I'm calling you into my bridehood, says the Lord. I'm calling you to a place of intimacy with me. I'm calling you to trust me, to walk with me, to see what I do, and watch what I'm going to do in this hour. I'm calling you to seek first my kingdom, says the Lord, and my righteousness to walk with me and to let me do this work in your life, says the Lord. For I am coming soon, says the Lord, but my bride has got to be ready and my harvest has got to come in and no weapon formed against my bride is going to prosper. And so I speak unto you, says the Lord, and I call you to rise up. Rise up. Get hungry. Do not stay in the place that you've always stayed, but begin to go where my spirit leads you. Begin to do what he shows you and find yourself free from what the enemy has done in your life. Wow, yay, God. Whoa. Yay, so he's fun. Amen. Amen. He's fun. And when he says something, he means it. Yes. So, so, you know, he knows. It's like everybody get hungry. That's why the Lord, he, he gives me so much. And then it's like, Lord, there's no way I can teach all this. Even when I do a three or four day conference in, a, in, in the, anywhere, it's like, Lord, all I'm doing is making people hungry. Yes. He says, yeah, because my spirit's a teacher. Just make them hungry. Just make them hungry. And then once they're hungry, man. What is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with your ministry? Um, well, there's a couple of ways. We're on Facebook, and it's um, Cindy Foster, C-Y-N-D-I, Foster, F-O-S-T-E-R, Beauty for Ashes Ministries. And there's also Beauty for Ashes Church. And I only put my name first because there's like 20,000 Beauty for Ashes people using that name. I am the one who pays for the trademark every year for the last 20-some years, but that's so nobody can tell me I can't use it. Um, so we are the only official beauty flashes, but um, I'm not suing anybody, so whatever. But, you know, so that's why my name's first, the only reason my name's first. So Cindy Foster, Beauty Freshes Ministries, our website is beautyforashes.org. That's probably the best way because it has all the other information about the the meeting times and that kind of thing. Um, we have an awesome church service. You're going to walk in and it's going to, you're going to all of a sudden know you don't know anything because you don't know what's going to happen next because I don't know what's going to happen next. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. They're never alike. And so we're at, at 10 o'clock on Sundays at 487 Denby Boulevard, Newport News, Virginia, 23608. And um, it's nothing fancy to look at, but it takes um, touching the microphone or one person hitting a key, one key on the keyboard in the Holy Spirit, you'll feel him really fast. And so, um, anyway, so that's a good way to get in touch with us. And, and then the name of your book, and then how uh, can people find that? Yeah, Joy Comes in the Morning. Um, if you want the paperback, 
you'll have to get the last edition. I haven't put a new edition out on paperback yet, and you can get that on our website at beautyfreshes.org or by calling us at 757-890-0007, or you can get the new edition on Kindle, the Kindle edition, which is what I recommend, um, just through wherever you get your Kindle, Amazon, um, and then just go under books, put Beauty Freshes, or no, Joy Comes in the Morning, Cindy Foster, and it should come up. Well, thank you so very much. I'm going to ask you to pray over me because I believe in impartation. Okay. I'll, I'll silence this here real quick. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit.